Hello. It's, uh, it's going to be good. You know, I have received more comments about these last couple of days, even though, like yesterday, the viewership was a little bit lower, but I've received comments on these. People really want yeah. to know about bias yeah. and being biased, and, and uh, so it's really awesome. So right now we have... Uh, Jan says, hello from Rayford. Who am I? You're my mother. My mother is watching. <laughs> when so. I read your that, mom. Yeah, your mom. When I read that, I read, hello from Rayford. <laughs> Who am I? I did too. <laughs> did Ke Kelly yeah. says, Berardi family from Rochester, New York. Mm. Nicole says, hi, I'm Pastor Brian's wife watching in Baden. That's her little sarcastic remark if, you, if you didn't catch that. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. catch it. Because... She's not Pastor Nicole. She's not Nicole. She's Brian's wife. That's yeah, how she's yeah. known in so many circles is, oh, you're Brian's wife. Mm -hmm. So that's her That's her sarcastic remark. <laughs> and uh, Hannah, watching from Albemarle. <laughs> Holly, watching from Albemarle, North Carolina. And if these other girls will get in place, I want to introduce you because it's not just us today. It's true. Yeah. It's not just us. Actually, we have Abigail and Marky also with us today, who's going to be adding uh, mm -hmm. some color commentary, I'm sure. So uh, anyway, are y'all there? Are you there yet? Are you plugged in? Just about. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> well, let's show the world that they're there. Oh, they're We're getting a one-second one moment. Okay. They're adjusting things, ah, getting ready. I see. They weren't ready. So <laughs> Joni says, hi from Baden. And uh, we welcome you today. It's going to be a great, great day. We're talking about bias and how to recognize bias. What does bias look like? Because I think a lot of times we have it going on in our lives and we don't realize it. And that's something we talked about a little bit yesterday. Yeah. Uh, but one story in the Bible that I wanted to look at on what does bias look like is 1 Samuel chapter 16. So this is where uh, David is anointed king. So the prophet Samuel goes to uh, Bethlehem, and he talks to Jesse, David's father, yeah. and Jesse has his sons, and Jesse, the dad, uh, the prophet's there to anoint someone king, yeah. and the dad sends all of his sons, but not David, yeah. and Samuel eventually has to say, you know, well, do you have any more sons? He's like, oh yeah, there's there's my young son, he, he's out in the field watching sheep, mm -hmm. you know, and his father obviously was biased. In other words, God had a plan, but even his own dad couldn't see it because of the biasness. So, yeah. uh, and and we're not talking about somebody who's you know, it does, the Bible gives us no indication that Jesse was like a heathen, yeah. you know. So our our uh, opinion can be, or our it looks like that he, he's a decent guy, yeah. Mm -hmm. But yet he still had bias, you know, yeah. and he had so much bias that he couldn't even see the potential in his own son. Mm -hmm. yeah. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. And so that's what that looks like. And so uh, yesterday we talked about what does bias look like a little bit, and I said one of the things that bias looks like is when God asks you to do something, and if we have any hesitation on doing something, yeah. uh, then that's a bias. So, for example, if... Uh, God said, okay, buddy, I want you to go to Africa, go to a remote village, and uh, you will live off the land. You have no funding from America, and I want you and Serene to do that for the rest of your life, right? Well, your flesh is like, mm, like, I'm really glad this is an example, and God's not really telling me to do that. 
that's bias, right? We have to be open to that, yeah. you know, or, you know, let's say that you really feel like you're called to ministry and God says, I want you to go to a church and I want you to clean the toilets for the rest of your life, Yeah. right? And we're, no, I'm not supposed to do that. No, the Lord wouldn't have me do that. That's bias. Yeah. He could tell you to do that, you know, or how about this? Uh, the Lord tells a preacher, he says, I want you to go to downtown. I want you to find a prostitute, marry her, and I want every time she's going to cheat on you, and I want you to stay with her. Yep. Well, God wouldn't tell me to do that. He did. He did. He he did. did. He, like, that, <laughs> it's, that's it's, one it's of my favorite word. pieces of comedy. It's like, uh, it, it's, it's right there. He, <laughs> he, he did say that. Mm-hmm. Was it Hosea, yeah. that mm-hmm. he said that to in Gomer. And so he actually did tell a prophet yeah. to do exactly that yeah. as a picture of the heart of people. So, yeah. see, we think that God wouldn't tell us to do that, and it shows our bias. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, I want you to give yourself, I want you to memorize the Bible completely. Yeah. I want you to spend the next five years and memorize the Bible. Then I want you to uh, get yourself arrested to go to this prison island that nobody ever comes back for and win all the prisoners and all the guards on that island for Christ. That's an actual story that happened, I believe, in Fox's Book of Martyrs, mm-hmm. where they gave up their whole life. And so if, we, if the Lord said that to us many times, we would say, nah, you know, he wouldn't tell me to do that. Not necessarily. Right. Why, the issue is, He's always leading us to triumph, but his idea of triumph and our idea of triumph can be different. And, and he'll give us a choice, you know, just like he gave Paul a choice. You know, do you want to go up to Jerusalem? If you go up to Jerusalem, I'm warning you, it will look like this and it yeah. will end in your death. So God gives us a choice uh, to do that. But the issue is if we have bias, we won't even approach the question. We won't even approach the option and we'll completely limit our future. Um, So that's what, here Bias was a dad who couldn't even see the anointing of a king in his son. And uh, he thought it was the one that was uh, oldest. He thought it was the one that was the strongest. He thought all of these things, but he couldn't even see it in his own son. Yeah. And uh, so uh, let's, yeah, we have Marky and Abby with us as well. Do y'all have anything to add to this yet? Any Hi. questions? And I really want it to be questions and commentary today. So I'm really excited for us to be continuing talking about this yeah. because it just, so we've been talking about this for two days now. This is our third day that we've been talking about it. And just this morning, I realized that in a certain area, I had a bias, but I didn't even understand how I had that bias. So I know mm-hmm. that I still have a lot to learn even on this subject. So I'm glad that we're still mm-hmm. continuing to talk about it. Well, ul- ultimately, I want to be at a place where I can say, like, I don't have bias on anything. Like, where I can I can be at a place, I believe, where should the Lord say something, it's easy for me to just say, okay. And that's something that I, I haven't been there yet. So I'm excited to learn more to be able to grow towards that place. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, I think ultimately, like even as you were talking, I, I I think you said yesterday on the broadcast that a good question to ask is, okay, where where is my bias? Yeah. Like because bias 
it goes hand in hand with the flesh. And just like we're never going to be without the flesh, there's yeah. always going to be a tendency to have a bias somewhere. Now, it can be more right. alive to us. Yeah. Or, well, we'll or never have a flesh until we receive a glorified body. Right. So, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, for me, one of those things that I've really needed to work on for myself is, okay, I... I, there's not an arrival mentality with this for myself. And I wanted there to be so much yeah. <laughs> where when I learned about this and a year later, I'm like, I am done with bias forever, always <laughs> and forever. I've got it handled. But when I realized, nope, that's, that's not how it works. Like I, I have, it's actually a bias wanting it yeah, to be that way. <laughs> absolutely. And when I realized, no, that's, that's a part of the corrupted flesh yeah. and it's something to put under, it yeah. then became a, how do I consistently walk this out? Just like you yeah. can walk out holiness more often uh, or more so that way when your flesh tries to rise up, you know how to put it down quick, quicker and quicker and quicker. It's that way I've realized with bias is I need to start learning those things now so that yeah. way as it appears, I recognize it quicker, I crucify it quicker, yeah. and I, I, I can say the yes to the Lord even quicker. Amen. Amen. Yeah, it's uh, like... The biggest thing that's really been sticking out to me throughout all of this is just learning to recognize it, mm -hmm. learning to identify it. What does bias look like? How do I know that if I have bias? Because yeah. like I said yesterday, like most of my life until really coming here before I heard this, you know, I never could recognize it. I, like I, I would get a bias, you know, in my mind and think, oh, that must be the Lord because... Sure. I feel so strongly that this is the right thing to do when I don't recognize that that's my flesh, not my spirit, man, yeah. not the Holy Spirit speaking through me. And so, uh, you know, just being able to recognize and identify what, what is bias and what it looks like is yeah. huge. It's well, huge. and it's so easy to just assume it's only in the big stuff. Right. Like when a yeah. big decision comes up, okay, well, uh, this is bias. Right. But in yeah. little things, like do it's time to take out the trash. Well, I can do that later. Well, do you have a bias to do it later or should you do it right now? Like what's, yeah. you know, it's, it's just, it's so ingrained in mm -hmm. us to have preferences and biases that we, it, yeah. oh, oh my gosh. It, yeah, yeah. And as, if we have comments and stuff, I'll let y'all mm -hmm. uh, point those out and read them as well. But um, I think it's very important for us, you know, in recognizing bias, I think one of the most important things is that we learn to challenge our bias in the majority of situations. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. if we're doing something that we've already challenged our bias and it's like a daily test and we've done it and we've renewed our mind to it, okay, you don't have to ask that question every single day. But at the same time, if it's anything new, if it's anything you haven't done in a while, it's good to say, where is my flesh's bias in this area? Sure. Let me locate it. Let me identify it. And asking that question will help to identify that. So, and in order to do that, one of the things that's important, and you're talking about the you know, corrupted flesh, I, I want to look at this in 1 John chapter 1 because I really, I see this as people miss this all the time. They, they'll say that I've been made a new creation so I, I can go to the place where I'm not, really tempted by sin anymore. And you can get to the place, and hear me when I say this, where you are very consistently submitting the flesh and you're not sinning. Yeah. You're not sinning, mm -hmm. but to say that you can't be tempted by it yeah. is a deception in itself. Sure. Mm -hmm. And if we're tempted by flesh, then there's a bias of flesh in there. So 
1 John chapter 1 and verse 8, 9, and 10. And if you look at these verses, um, if you look at these verses, I'm going to read them 10, 9, 8 and on purpose. But if you look at these verses, it basically shows the uh, sin in the past, present, and future, right? And so it shows that sin in those areas, and it shows you what to, what to do with it, basically. So verse 10 says, if we say that we have not sinned in the past, uh, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. In other words, if we say, I'm not a sinner and I haven't sinned, we're lying. Yeah. You know, we're just straight up lying, and, and uh, his word is not in us. Verse 9 if we confess our sins, so in other words, if I have sin right now that I've just found out, if I will confess my sin, uh, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us all our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So praise the Lord. This is a great, great promise yeah. that we will be completely cleaned if we will confess and repent, right? Uh, so it, that's present sin, yeah. if we find ourselves in present sin. So if a Christian, he's writing to believers, if a Christian has found themselves said, oh man, I had this bias, I had the sin going on, if they'll just confess and repent, they can deal with sin right now and go straight back into uh, a full relationship and fellowship yeah. with God, have all the benefits and all the rights as a child and, and walk out that inheritance. Mm -hmm. So that's a great promise of God that he paid for through the blood of Christ. If we keep on doing it, knowing that we're sinning, that's a that's an unloving thing to do. Don't do that, mm -hmm. obviously. It says it multiple places, God forbid that you have that thought. Yeah. But verse 8 really shows future sin, and that is if we say that we have no sin. So we're not talking about the past because that's going to be covered. We're not talking about the present because that's already been covered. We're talking about if we, what it's basically saying is it's identifying, it's not identifying who you are in the spirit. Mm -hmm. This is why knowing the three parts of man is so important. We put that link up uh, the other day. If you haven't seen and studied and know and, and studied it recently on the three parts of man, study that. We have a whole set series on the three parts of man and knowing that. Actually, I think we have two series on that, but uh, we need to take a look at that. But it's You've got to know. So you, what you see here is when you're a, a born-again believer and you are in, uh, in the kingdom of God and in the family of God, the real you, the inward man, the inner man, the spirit man, is completely made new. You are made in the righteousness of God in Christ. There is no sin in that inner man. Yeah. But what we, and so a lot of people will say, well, like, I have no sin whatsoever. And, and what they're confessing is what they are in the inner man. But if they, if they don't recognize what their flesh man is yeah. still carrying, then, and watch what it says. If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. Yeah. So we'll not walk in freedom because we're not walking in truth. If we continue in his word, we'll know the truth, and the truth that we walk in will set us free in context. So if, we, if we're saying, I have no sin to deal with anymore because now I'm born again and I'm made in the image of Christ, I have no sin to deal with, the Bible says you're deceiving yourself. Yeah. And you're actually missing truth of sin that's in a corrupted flesh, right? And you're deceiving yourself, and what's going to happen is you're going to think, you're going to walk 
without putting any checks and balances against the bias of the flesh. And as long as we have a flesh that's unrenewed, that's not a glorified flesh, we have the potential for temptation, sin, and bias in that. It doesn't mean we'll do it, right. and it doesn't mean it has power over it. The Bible says it, we're no longer a slave to that sin, but it, the bias is there. And if the bias is there, then we need to learn to recognize it. Otherwise, we're not going to search God with all of our heart, and yeah. we won't find him. We won't hear from him. We're going to be very frustrated. We're going to blame him for things that was actually our lack of knowledge and understanding. So yeah. we've got to recognize that we have a bias built into our corrupted flesh. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's king over us. doesn't mean it gets to do whatever it wants to. But if we don't recognize it, we won't even put resistance to it. We'll just yeah. let it be there and act like we're like we don't have sin, and that's where he says you're deceiving yourself. Yeah. yeah. Well, you've told me a lot um, how important it is to truly be honest with yourself. Yeah. Like it's. Well, it's, the verse says, "Judge yourself so that you're not judged." Mm -hmm. Yeah. It it doesn't do anyone any good, especially yourself, if we're not. And for so long, when I moved here, it was a scary thing to look in the mirror and to honestly evaluate what... It's a great statement. ...where yeah. bias was, where fears were, all that stuff. I didn't want to look at what was ugly. Yeah. I didn't want to face it because yeah. shame was there. Yeah. And yet the longer it took me to properly evaluate myself, the more control, bias, and my flesh had over myself. So instead of being able to put it in its proper place and to walk in the fullness of what God had for me, I was letting it control me because I was unwilling to shine a light on it. Yeah. But when I became willing yes. to allow the Lord to shine his light on it. To, to judge those things, to face those things, mm -hmm. you have all hope in God. Mm -hmm. It's not, your future's not wrapped up in who you were and yeah. what your sin did. Your future's wrapped up in the Lord to turn those things. Yeah. So as long as you didn't look at them, they controlled you. Yeah. But when you took an honest look at them, let the light of God shine out, let the fire of God burn away yeah. what needed to be burned away. You set yourself free in that. Well, and God knows all of those biases to begin with. He knows He knows yeah, every single thing about right. us. So being unwilling to face it because of a deception of, well, God's going to be upset with me or ashamed, or I have reason to shame, it's all a bunch of hogwash yeah. designed to keep us from his very presence. Yeah. When in his presence there's fullness of joy and there's freedom and there are answers that we so need. And he's... Yeah. Oh my gosh, he's so gracious and patient. And I think for me, like with bias, I imagined God the way I would react in my flesh to someone else's bias. Yeah. So what I imagined. That's a good point. Well, so you thought God would react to you the way that you used to mm -hmm. would have judged others. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you held yourself back from that judgment mm -hmm. and didn't want it. No, I didn't. I didn't yeah. want it from y'all either. Yeah. And there was a period in, in my time here where the Lord <laughs> uh, it was not an option to conceal it anymore. And so the Lord just brought everything ugly, the big th ugly things to the table. And I realized at that time through your and Pastor Nicole's example to me, how kind the Father is yeah. and how patient he is yeah. as we're learning these things 
to walk through it with us. Yeah. Like God's not expecting us to, after three days and you realize, oh snap, I have bias in my life and I have a flesh that I haven't learned to put down. Right. He's not sitting there condemning you of, You've missed, you've missed it. You've had bias. You stink. You're the worst. That's not who he is. Right. He's so patient, yeah. for, forever patient. Like, and, and that's what we're going to be met with as yeah. we choose to put on courage yeah. to face reality, what reality has been, mm-hmm. and step into the truth of who he is. There's hope with that. Yeah. Well, and hold that thought. To finish your your point, when we find ourselves in a place that we've not been good, um, we really many times don't want to come to the Lord, and we don't want to face those biases. We don't want to face those things. But here's the heart of God right here. Think about the heart of God when Jesus dealt with the adulterous woman. Yeah. That was the heart of God. Yeah. I think it's John 8. And think about that. You know, She thinks they're trying to stone her. Yeah. Jesus saves her. He shows her compassion. You know, he forgives her sin first, mm-hmm. then tells her, go and change your life. Yeah. That's his heart. You know, his heart is to forgive. And when she received that love, she had that love. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4 says, uh, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted yeah. in all things as we are, yet... Without sin, in other words, he was able to go through that stuff and not sin. So he knows how to help us, yeah. and he knows the pressures of it. And we're going to find a compassionate yeah. and merciful Savior, and not a harsh Savior. Yeah. Then he says in verse sixteen, therefore, because of this, because of who he is and his love and what he's done, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, yeah. so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Not just find grace and mercy when we are doing it all right. Mm -hmm. Actually, he's talking about when you're doing it all wrong, Mm -hmm. find grace. And we see that backed up in Romans chapter 5 as well, verse 6, 8, and 10. Please put these uh, scriptures in the comments. So we're looking at John 8, Hebrews 4, (laughs) 14 through 16, and then... uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 6, verse 8, mm-hmm. and verse 10. In all these situations, we see people were messed up. Yeah. They had missed it. They had bias. They were tempted and, and followed that temptation. Mm-hmm. And Jesus poured out his love yeah. on them in that way. So when we feel like that, don't run from God. No, run to God. Yeah. He's the one we need to run to well, in that way. Jesus had bias too. Yeah. Like in the garden when he's praying, he had a bias to not go yes, to the he cross. Did. Like a he, fleshly temptation. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. but you see him put it down immediately, but yeah. that doesn't mean like he understands what bias feels like. Yes. It just it came to me as you were reading that. Like that's the example. Yeah, and cuz he literally says the words are very specific. He says, not my will mm-hmm. be done, but oh, yours, gosh. Lord. In yeah. other words, your will is different from mine, but I have one. Yeah. I have a temptation. I have a bias here, yeah. but I'm handing over my bias on purpose and God will empower us to do that. Yeah. So yeah. You I don't remember something. what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, you're good. No, I, I interrupted. Not, not that. So do y'all have anything? Abby, Marky, over you. Switch over there. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe if you're loud. There we go. <laughs> yes. Um, I know 
I just on that subject, I've put myself into a lot of condemnation uh, many, 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 many times because I've thought that God would react how I would react to something. And I've been like, he is so upset with me. I can't believe I did this again. He can't believe I did this again. And like felt so I've put myself in a rut because I've thought that he was going to be just completely disappointed with me. Like I had failed him when he's that merciful, just like with the adulterous woman. And so many other times he is mercy. And I've put that weight on myself that he's not putting on me. That's that's me putting on me. Yeah. And that's when once I realized that, that really freed me. It really did. Um, that he's not as judgmental of us as we can yeah. be of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've had to learn not to do that as well, not only for me, but if I'm if I've judged myself that harshly, then I can judge others that harshly too. That's right. And I'm not supposed to be their judge uh, at all. And so that's been like a real something that I've had to work on for like a lot. Yeah. And that just that just brought up that thought. Yeah. Amen. Mark, do you have anything? No, that's really good though. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, you know, it, I was thinking it came back to me, um, but. Uh, when Brother Ted, you know, at the 10 meetings, you know, a lot of times the, the Lord will give him a word of knowledge and he'll begin to, you know, speak yeah. and, ex- and show, expose something in someone. Usually it's a sickness or uh, issue that they were dealing with. And he'll always say, the Lord's not going to reveal it unless he's willing to heal it. Yeah. You know, and it's the same thing when it comes to like, why, why are these biases all coming out? Why are they coming out? Yeah. You know, we can beat ourselves up, but the reality is God's revealing it so that he can heal it. That's so right. That he can... So, yeah. you know, like yeah. um, the word, like you were talking about how it's like put looking in a mirror. You know, the Bible says it. James talks about it. You know, mm-hmm. you it's like a man uh, who looks at the mirror and looks at his faith and face and goes away and doesn't remember what it looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, like whenever yeah. we're reading the word, whenever we're looking in this, it's like we're yeah. looking into a mirror. We're seeing the areas of our lives that need to change. It's like looking in a mirror and seeing a massive booger, you know, hanging out your nose. And then if you go away and you don't do anything about it, what's the point of looking in the mirror? You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, Everybody's but, checking their yeah, nose. Yeah, I know, right? But, um, <laughs> but like, but you know, at, when the Lord is bringing this stuff up, yeah. it's because He's looking to heal it. He's yeah. looking. Yeah. He's looking to make us go higher. He like yeah. it's like it's like if my room is all cluttered and stuff like that, it's a lot easier to have my the light off and pretend like nothing's there. But no, what's the light there so that I can see what needs to be dealt with? And the Lord's work. The Lord wants to reveal these things so that yeah. He can heal it. And, and and eliminate that bias so that we can go higher. Yeah. Because yeah. that's that's the love of God. That's the love of God when it comes to all these things we're talking about. Like, no, God doesn't want to condemn us. He wants to heal us. That's God's right. not shining a light that's on right. him just to say, hey, look look at the mess. No, like look like, at that garbage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bad no, he, person. Yeah, Bad. he's like, hey, let's look at this. All right, let, it's time to deal with it. Let's deal with yeah. this and, yeah. so that we can go higher. Yeah. Well, and I think. Oh, wait one sorry. second. I won't uh, hold that. So. What I want us to do, all of us here, is I want you to start thinking of ideas of times where you've had a bias, you know, that you can share that's not, you know, damaging in any way. But what are some things where we've had biases? I've shared several of mine already, but what are some ways where you had biases so people can say, oh, I've done that, and it'll help recognize that's bias. Yeah. All right. Well, as we're all thinking about it, what came up to me as Betty was talking was how God desires for us to go higher quicker. Like, 
Yeah. I, I think so often we just, we're content with a slow increase if we increase at all, or yeah. it's, oh, God gave this to me, and we don't even realize it's this much of yeah. his goodness that he's giving to us now, but if we'd remove some of this stuff and we'd let him clean us up, mm. we could accelerate yeah. in him, and that's what he wants. He wants mm. us in the fullness of who he is as quickly as humanly possible. Yeah. Like, as quick as we can get all of who he is, he wants us to have all of who yes. he is. So this him taking us by the hand and exposing these things it's not because he enjoys watching our flesh mourn you know it's that hebrews 12 11 all discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful but rather sorrowful yeah. but if we'll be disciplined by it yeah. in time we'll yield the peaceful fruit of righteousness our flesh our bias is always going to pitch a fit when stuff yeah. like this happens. We'll always be tempted, have that temptation to turn off the program that's talking about it, turn off the broadcast. But if we'll give ourselves to it, we're going to yield some wonderful fruit from God. And we're yeah. going to see such wonderful things happen in our life quickly if we'll deal with it quickly. Well, right there, that verse you just brought up shows an ongoing bias that we always have no matter how holy we are. Yeah. Because that verse says... All discipline point. for the moment seems to not be joyful, but sorrowful. And what that we know that that's not sorrowful to the spirit man who's renewed in the righteousness of Christ. We know he's talking about the flesh man there. And so he says, by the Holy Ghost, all discipline for the moment seems yeah. to not be joyful, but sorrowful. But to those that give themselves to it will eat the to discipline, yeah. we'll eat the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So what that shows is we always, born again or not, have uh, an aversion and a bias to yeah. discipline at all times. So that shows that there's an ongoing bias. No matter how holy we get, there's always an ongoing bias in the flesh. And in this case, it doesn't want discipline. Yeah. It doesn't want the discipline always. So we have to deal with it, but we have a choice. We have an overriding authority and power by the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus that set us free from the slavery of those biases. Yeah. And we can choose, no, I'm going to apply godly discipline to my life, and then I'll have peaceful fruit of righteousness in yeah. my life. So, Amen. Abigail, did you have something? Yeah. You know, well, I just thought um, of an example of when I've had bias and that was one huge example was like a life-changing moment. And it wouldn't seem like a life-changing moment to most people. Like I was choosing in eighth grade, I had to choose which high school I was going to. And for most people, that's a pretty, well, you know, where do you feel? Like, where do you want to go to high school? It's not really something that even in the Christian community, a lot of people pray about and seek the Lord on. But I knew that could change. Like that's where I go, I'll be spending the next four years of my life almost every day. That's a, I mean, that's something I definitely want to ask the Lord about. And so I had prayed about that and I immediately knew exactly where I was supposed to go. And it wasn't where any of my friends were going. And I had an immediate excitement because <laughs> I knew it was right. I was like, oh, awesome. God, like I heard, I knew it was the, I think one of the most clear times I've ever heard from the Lord to this day, wow. like I knew that it, there was nothing that could have convinced me it wasn't the Lord, just the overwhelming peace and like 
I mean, I could just tell you on and on why I knew it was the Lord. It was the clearest I've ever heard him. So I knew that it was God. I was super excited because I'm like, God wants me to go here. I know that yeah. he does. And then the bias hit me like a freight train. <laughs> and I was like, none of my friends are going to be here. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. I don't know anyone here. I don't feel like I can make friends uh, super quickly and have as much fun as I would with the friends that are going to a completely other high school. A completely other high school. Yeah. yeah, a completely different high school. So glad you graduated. I'm so glad I graduated. <laughs> I really loved English. <laughs> she, I really did. She did. She's not kidding. I, I'm not joking. <laughs> but then I got into high school and like into freshman year, and that year honestly stunk because not because I wasn't where I was supposed to be. It's right. because I was where I was supposed to be. But I accepted the bias that I had had as truth. So even though I'm like, well, I'm where the Lord wants me to be, but the whole year I'm like seeing on social media all my friends having fun and being together. I'm like, they're having fun without me. I would be having a lot more fun right now if I was with them. I would be connecting better and enjoying my high school experience more if I was with them. They look... they they seem to be having an easier time than I am. And I let these thoughts reside. It wasn't even, like, every now and then I'd be like, well, the Lord wants me here. But then I'd still think on those thoughts and that bias. And that year stunk. So without dealing with the bias, yeah. without dealing with the bias, it actually made it much more hard yeah. than it should have been. Yeah. And it was crazy because... I realized it after freshman year. I like I was sitting there that summer. I'm like, I don't really want to go back. <laughs> and I was thinking about. I'm like, this is the place the Lord is. I was like, okay, okay, Abby, let's reset here. Let's think about this for a second. This is the place where the Lord wants me to be. So this yeah. is where I should be the most joyful. Yeah. This is where I should be the happiest. And why do I feel so stinky? <laughs> and I realized that I had had such an intense bias. And so as soon as I switched that around, I really enjoyed it. And I started making friends left and right. Everyone was like super nice all of a sudden. It was weird how that changed over the, like, over the summer. Everyone got really nice. That's so weird. Yeah, it was so weird. Um, I found out that everyone actually did like me, so that was great. And it was a lot easier. It was, I mean, I mean, not patting myself on the back, but um, just saying that, just throwing that out there. More people. They, they didn't hate you. Like they didn't you hate me like, like I thought. thought they did. More people actually enjoyed my company than I thought previously enjoyed my company. If that, if that's a little more humble. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I learned a lot of humility there and really, you know, who, where my place is, um, a humble place. <laughs> That's a great example yeah. of bias trying to come in and wreck the plans of God, even after she heard. Sure. And so we have a couple of, I want to go and finish a part of her story, but we have a couple of questions from Natalie and Jan. Uh, will you uh, explain what you're asking a little bit more, and we'll seek to answer that about the bias. But one of the things that I, and you've heard me say it, 
How important is it for you to know what God said? Yep. Because think about how tough that would have been. Because she moved into bias, and but think about how tough that would have been if she didn't know that she know know that she knows that she knows mm-hmm. that that's where she was supposed to be. Yeah. It would have been very easy to give up and go to another place, mm-hmm. uh, but she didn't. So that shows us one thing about bias. And put this in the comments. We must deal with bias, mm-hmm. and, and how. How can we find that in Scripture? Well, he tells us to seek him with all of our heart. But here's the other thing. He says, resist the devil. Mm -hmm. And this fleshly bias is an attack of the devil, of his corruption, of his deception on the plans of God. So when we see bias or we think we have bias or we are aware of bias Mm -hmm. is out there. We need to locate it and deal with it. Mm-hmm. We need to locate and deal with bias. Yeah. Don't just leave it there. Yeah. It will cause you problems. Had she not dealt with that bias, and I remember that moment, had she not dealt with that bias, it would have derailed the plans that God had for her. Now, in the end of that story, uh, you know, she went to that. And what's interesting is the place where she went to school, Nicole and I didn't even know about it. We were unaware, but as soon as she told us that, both of us immediately, Nicole and I both knew that's where she's supposed to go as well. I didn't even know it was there. Yeah. I didn't know what it did, you know. And uh, But she went there, she graduated, comes out with her high school diploma and a two-year uh, associate's degree. And, you know, she was the president of the Honor Society the last two years and um, had a lot of influence, won a lot of awards. But here's one of the biggest things. I want you to see this. I had the principal come up to me. He said this to me multiple times, especially over the last couple of years. I had other teachers come, parents come, and talk to us about her presence there and said, you don't know how much of a light she was on this campus. Mm-hmm. We needed her presence, and and we recognize it. So, see, that bias was trying to keep that destiny away, and that bias was trying to keep that light away from other students and keep her away and keep her hidden in the the crowd of a larger school where all the friends were where she could blend in. But God wanted to let that light shine, and bias was trying to steal that. And so it's very important. So you can see the end result of that was very good, but it could have been nothing. Mm -hmm. You could have had no results. But God gave her the strength, and with bias it made it more hard than it would have been uh, if we would if we would learn to recognize that bias, it, it gets much easier, yeah. right? I, I can say the things that I do are much easier when I identify bias. It's much much easier. So, Amen. Do y'all have another example of uh, you know bias that you have? Um, well, I... <laughs> that was fun. they cut to them. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> um, no. Well, I. The thing that came to me was just whenever I first moved here, um, you know, I was in ministry for four and a half years, and I thought that I was at a level that I wasn't, you know. Right. So whenever I came here, I had an idea that I need to be doing more of the upper-level stuff, I guess, like teaching, preaching, um, pastoring, all, all that stuff, when um, I wasn't where I thought I was. You know, I wasn't where my bias told me. And so, like, there was a lot of flesh resistance um, whenever, That's whenever good I first got here, recognize that. Yeah, like my flesh was like, no, I should be doing more. I should be, you know, I should be at, like we we had a conversation. Like you were like, what 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 would you like? 
what, what do you think you could be doing here? And I yeah. was like listening to all these things. I was here for maybe like two months and I realized I'm not qualified to do any of those things <laughs> I thought I was qualified to do. But my flesh didn't like that. You know, yeah. like my flesh wanted to pretend like I was at a level that I wasn't at. Yeah. And so there was, a, it took me some time to really be able to put that down and recognize, all right, I need to humble myself if I want to grow instead of yeah. think I'm, I'm at this level. So pride was a bit of bias yeah, for towards sure. that. For yeah. sure. That's a great example. That's a yeah. great example. So. Yeah, I mean, the one that always sticks out anytime we talk about this, and I've mentioned this many times on the broadcast, but when I thought I was called to be a pastor, and yeah. I'm not, that's not the, the will of the Lord for my life, but I knew that there was a call on my life, and I thought that pastoring was as good as it could be so I'm going to go after God with all that I am yeah. and I'm going to serve in this way and I my bias was so strong that I created a word from the Lord in my mind and thought that pastors had even confirmed it to me yeah. so this bias even though I did the things that I know to do Okay, take the word to your pastor, submit yeah. the things, like make sure you're not, I was doing the steps, but I was doing the steps with bias already injected in yeah. my steps. Yeah. So even in what you were saying, I wasn't hearing it clearly. Yeah. So when it came time for the Lord to praise God, he is so merciful. Cause even though I was seeking him, I wasn't seeking him with my whole heart. Yeah. There was that piece of my heart that had already grabbed a hold of Barrett's called to be a pastor. Yeah. So he, because he is so merciful, he allowed you to tell me that I'm not called to be a pastor. It almost wrecked, almost wrecked me because yeah. my bias was so strong in what I thought I knew yeah. that anything contrary to that was literally, it literally felt, I'm not exaggerating, like my world had flipped upside down. Yeah. Like I remember the next 24 hours, I felt so uneven and just honestly scared. I'm like, I don't even know what yeah. I'm doing anymore. What's yeah. the point? What's the point of serving or being here when I can't even hear from God? Why be on a leadership team if I can't even hear from God? Yeah. Like. Yeah. In my whole world <laughs> in that moment. But praise God, he's merciful and allowed you to really start unlocking some of those and yeah. unraveling some of yeah. those things in me. And since then, I've realized I never would have been fulfilled as a pastor. No. Even if I stepped into it, That's I right. never would have been fulfilled. I never would have been fully happy yeah. ever because it's not what the Lord wanted me to do. Yeah. And you can see that clearly now, but you couldn't see mm -hmm. that then. And uh, I'm thinking of two different stories. One is you and George, but then one is how did I uh, learn that bias was a big issue? You know, and what was the event and my bias that brought up something that caused me to figure out, wow, this is a big issue. This is something that needs dealt with. This is something that needs taught on. Um, and now, once the Lord showed it to me, I'm telling you, over the years, I have seen so many people fall prey yeah. to bias, literally lose the destiny yeah. that God has for them because of their bias. Lose their life. Lose their life because of their bias. And I, yeah, literally. So the event that happened for me was I was, Nicole and I were uh, married. Uh, moving towards ministry, God was really moving in our lives. I was uh, on the road a lot in sales. I'm driving down the road 
and I'm praying in the Spirit, and uh, I'm seeking to interpret those tongues, right? Seeking to interpret those. And uh, I can remember where I was. I was literally in New London pulling up to the stop sign, and I prayed in the Spirit, prayed in the Spirit. The Lord was moving, but then in my interpretation of tongues, I, I interpreted that, and I said uh, the interpretation was uh, I felt in my spirit that I was praying over our children. I felt in my spirit I was praying over our children, and uh, that I felt like the Lord was giving me wisdom and sharing with me how many children we were going to have, what, you know, what they were going to be, boy or girl, and what their names were. And I literally, I, I don't remember all the exacts, but I remember thinking we're going to have four children, uh, and I, this was my interpretation. We're going to have four children. It's going to be boy, girl, boy, girl, and their names will be uh, Joshua. Um, I think Abigail was one of them. And, um, she's rejoicing off to the side. <laughs> you can't see her, but she's excited. Then I think Benjamin, I think, was one, and I forget what the, what the fourth was. Well, so then, not long after that, we get pregnant, and so I'm like, this is a boy. This is Joshua. You know, this is this is what, glory to God. So we get pregnant. We go. We get our 16-week checkup to find out what the, you know, sex of the baby is. And they said, yeah, right there. That's girl. And I was like, no, they missed it. They missed it. I'm sitting there. I am so totally convinced. And I don't know if Nicole was convinced or not, but I was convinced. And I was, I was like, no, I, I believe I heard from the Lord. And so we went all the way to the point where uh, we, we get to the hospital, Nicole's in delivery, and Abigail is born. And I sit there, and literally in that moment, I look, and I'm like, I'm thinking, that's not, I've missed it. That's not right. I've missed it. And it, it really threw me because I thought, how could I? Because I was, and watch this, I was convinced I had heard from the Lord. I was convinced of, and this has really helped me teach this mm -hmm. because I was so convinced mm -hmm. that I had heard from the Lord, yeah. even the ultrasound and the doctors could not tell me otherwise. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was convinced of it, and they could not change my mind. The only thing that changed my mind is once she was born, uh, that's what changed my mind. I was like, oh. I no, I wasn't convinced. I missed it. Yeah. And so it really threw me. And I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, I said, where did I miss it? Yeah. Like what happened? I need to know. I need to know what happened. And, and here's what he told me. He said, you were so biased to have it a certain way mm -hmm. in your heart. So you didn't open up that, that part of your heart to me. You wanted it a certain way. You thought it should be a certain way. And you were so convinced and yeah. so biased. He, and this is what he said, and this caught my attention. He said, you were so biased that your bias and your heart sounded like me to you. Yeah. In other words, you convinced yourself out of bias that it was my voice and it was your voice the whole time. Those are such fun moments. <laughs> and I went, oh my goodness. And so I started studying on bias and that's when I really found like the Jeremiah verses, you know, Jeremiah 24, 7 and Jeremiah 29, 
11 through 14. Yeah. And I saw where I didn't go after God with all my heart to really say, Lord, whatever you tell me is going to be best. I trust you wholeheartedly. I didn't do that. I had a bias. I wanted it to go a certain way. And out of that bias came a word, yeah. but it wasn't from God. And yeah. it completely it completely wrecked. Now, praise God, I learned that early on. And praise God, it was so significant mm. that it caught my attention to mm. give myself to it. But then as I started studying, uh, yeah, and, and it was awesome. I mean, I, I was like that wanting a boy first, as soon as she was born, it went away. Like, it was like, oh, no, this is perfect. This is it. You know, this is God's will, and it's awesome, you know. And um, Abigail's so happy right now. It's such an interesting moment because you're know. being so sincere and kind and, and sweet, and she is so sassy over yeah, her I shoulder. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> her mic is unmuted, so if you guys, could you hear? I'm perfect. I'm perfect. And she so, giggles. <laughs> but it was, it was uh, such a large moment, and I was so convinced. It showed me, what it really showed me was how strong yeah. bias can be. Mm -hmm. And I, it wasn't like I was sitting there trying to go anti-God. Mm -hmm. I wasn't trying to go anti-God. I was just, I was trying to actually hear his voice, at least on the surface. Yep. But in my heart, in my bias, I wanted him to confirm a certain way. Yeah. And it was biased. It was biased. And I was convinced that was God. Now, since that period of time, and then I started watching that. I started, I learned about it. I started watching it. And I watched scores of Christians, scores of pastors, scores of leaders in the church have no idea about their bias yep. and they and they completely cut off pieces of their destiny all the time thinking stamping it with God's approval just like I did just how I messed up and they stamp it with God with their own little bias God stamp yep. thinking it's God and then it doesn't work out and they blame they blame God for it not working out and that just it changed my life and then now it's changed a lot of other people's lives too as I've talked about it yeah. and it it's a big big deal and it will mess you up and you'll think this is God and it's not God at all. It is the devil. It is the corruption of the flesh yeah. and we think it's God. Can you imagine doing something? Think about in a war, somebody on side one actually taking the plans of side two and they, and they were counterfeit and they're completely working for the enemy yeah. the whole time thinking that they're working for their side. That's what bias does. That's what bias does. That's why it's so dangerous. And then we blame God for it. Yeah. We blame God for our working on the devil. It's a very dangerous and, and slippery slope and a dangerous place to be. And that's where it's not God's fault. Yeah. It's because we haven't given him our whole heart. So we have to take responsibility for that and and recognize bias is there. We can see it in Hebrews 12, 11. We can see it in 1 John uh, chapter 1 and verse 8. We can see it there. We have to say, okay, it's my responsibility to deal with this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We can see it in Jeremiah 24, 7, Jeremiah 29 through you know, 11 through 14. We can see it there. We have to say, it's my job to take responsibility and learn how to clean my whole heart yeah. and give him my whole heart and not leave a piece 
of the fleshly bias there yeah. so that I can actually hear from God and you know do that. So. Well, and you can convince everybody else that you're not biased, but ultimately the Lord still knows. And that's yeah. what I like that's what I did. Um I mentioned a period of time where the Lord didn't allow me to hide some of those things, and it's because I had I had done such a thorough job of being so yeah. biased that I convinced even myself yeah. that I wasn't a certain, like that I didn't have certain leanings or tendencies or habits, things to clean up. Yeah. And I, I, I was so thorough, like people didn't really know. And then all of a sudden the Lord, because he knew he yeah. loved me so much that he shown, he shined a light on it. Yeah. And yeah. I remember being shocked, yeah. shocked because I had so thoroughly convinced myself that these things weren't issues yeah. for me anymore. Yeah. And they were. So even if you may not think you have them, yeah. allow the Lord to really reveal that because he knows. And you're not talking about an evil person, no. but so deceived and, and not an evil person, yet so deceived that you are shocked. Yeah. Well, That's and, the same way I was. I was shocked. And yeah. I wasn't an evil person, mm -hmm. but I was that deceived about my bias. Well, and I, for me, and I don't mean to belabor, but I think it's important. Yes. When I became born again, especially in certain faith circles, you hear... You don't hear stuff like this often. No. It's, you, no don't you don't hear it often. So the people I was around and that I grew up around when I really became hungry for the Lord, I thought I needed to put on... A, I, I thought I needed to be perfect immediately. I'm born again, and I've heard it preached by others that you get born again, you are perfect, not fully understanding the three parts of man. So the things that I was deceived in is I had anger stuff, fear stuff, laziness stuff, pride. Yeah. Those were the four things that I didn't think were issues of mine because I had convinced myself, well, Jesus took care of it. There's nothing the matter with me. Yeah. And I was convinced, and I thought it was faith. I thought I was in faith, yeah. that I had applied it appropriately, but and now, that it was done. And, and so here's the bias. I want to believe that so yeah. that I can believe that I'm not bad. Yeah. That I don't have things to clean up, that I'm good. Yep. And that's where the bias is. And so we'd rather believe something. Yeah. We'd rather believe something that doesn't cause us to have to work on ourselves. Mm -hmm. Instead of this whole Bible yeah. is... Work on yourselves. You're not as clean as what you think you yeah. are. I mean, that's the whole word, you know. Yeah. All discipline for the moment seems to not be joyful. That's yeah. telling everybody you're not as clean as what you think you are. Yeah. Now, we're not talking about the work of Christ in you. We're talking about applying the work of Christ to submit the flesh. Yeah. Right. And, and that's that's the bias there, you know. So it was. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have much more on that. It just it. I literally thought that it was faith. Yeah, and that's a great point. It's it a great. Wasn't. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, and Miss Natalie asked this question, and she said, "What's the difference in being in bias and being in pride? Can you think that you're in pride on a thought or a decision, and it's actually just being biased?" So you can have that kind of work both ways. You know, you can be in pride and that forms a bias. Like in your story where you're saying, I thought I was at this place, which ultimately is rooted in a form of pride. I had pride too in my story. You have pride too in your story. I think they go hand in hand. Yeah. Fear and pride go hand in hand with bias all the time. Learn the emotion of fear. You know, learn that emotion when you sense that, when you feel that. Uh, learn to recognize it. But... 
Uh, one of the things that you'll see is like in your story, you're in pride. So that forms a bias that says, now I'm upset because I'm, I'm, I need to be utilized more. Mm -hmm. So your bias was that way. So, but then they feed each other. So for me in my story, I had the bias and that bias fed my pride because when I'm in the doctor's office and these guys are looking at the ultrasound, they know what they're doing. They know to not miss stuff, you know. I, and I don't know what, I think, I was thinking, well, maybe, you know, I don't, I don't know, God's going to perform a miracle and it'll be a boy. But I'm even in pride all the way to the point where they're walking in, Nicole's in delivery, and they're saying, well, we're about to receive this little baby girl. And I'm like thinking, no, it's a boy. Yeah. You know, and that's pride. So my bias fed my pride, whereas, you know, that, that pride can also feed bias and fear can feed bias as well. So, yeah. all right. So another, another uh, situation, this is one that y'all went in. I think this is a good thing to look at. Y'all talk, you've talked about it before, but when you, uh, when you and George got married, George, uh, her husband, had been uh, brought up to in church but never really was planted and submitted to a pastor. He didn't know what that relationship was mm -hmm. supposed to look like biblically. He had never seen it modeled or anything like that. You had been here for several years. This was your home, mm -hmm. okay? And uh, But George had an idea in his head that once he uh, got married that basically they would move, him and his wife would move to Texas and would seek the Lord and go after the Lord there in Texas. And uh, so as soon as he got married, he's fulfilling that thing. Now, the issue is that he was biased towards that without being willing to lay it on the table fully at the beginning. He ended up doing that very well. He handled it very well. But at the beginning, it was not even a consideration. Mm -hmm. But when, we, when I talked to him, I said, you know, if it's God today, it'll be God tomorrow. Put it on the altar, yeah. you know. And so he did that. And he also, even though he disagreed with me, he submitted it because he knew, he did recognize the authority and the anointing of a shepherd, of a pastor in his life. Yeah. And he said, I'm going to put this on Paul's simply to, because pastor said I might should. So even though he had a bias and even though he had an idea, that was, see, that's where humility, he, he humbled himself, yeah. submitted himself to the ways of God in a church and a pastor and things like that. And it saved it saved y'all. Yeah. It saved you, uh, big time. It saved them from deception. But here was the bias. He formed that idea at a period of time in his life where he thought he was hearing from God, but like me in that other story, he wasn't fully hearing from the Lord. And it, so he always stamped it as this is God's idea. But in the end, we find out this wasn't God's idea. Yeah. And so because he had stamped it as God's idea, not understanding bias, he took that bias all the way where he was ready to move. You know. Yeah. Now here's the issue on your side. Barrett, Barrett actually was right in that we're not supposed to move. But, and we, we talked about this, but she actually had bias because I don't want to go anywhere. You know, so she... And, and it, that's an interesting situation because it's like, I know this is God, but I still have to put down my bias. And what, I, what we told Barrett was, you need to be willing to go where your husband says to go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you need to be willing to go do that yeah. and follow him even if he's wrong. Because even if you're right and you need to stay here, your heart needs to be clear on it. 
And so you have to put down that bias. You didn't tell me to go. I you didn't tell you to, to go. You told me to be willing to allow the Lord to say it. That's right. I just to want get to make rid sure of that, the bias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. You have to be willing to get rid of the bias of going yeah. in order for you to hear correctly, Yeah. to hear it wholeheartedly. So you have to say, look, here it is on the table. She was like, no, I believe we're supposed to stay here. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But again, the same thing I'm telling him. If it's God today, it'll be God tomorrow. Put it on the altar. Let the fire of God touch it and see if it still stands. Yeah. But when you lay it on the altar, you can't be like, well, Lord, I, I, I know that we're supposed to stay here, but I'm asking you anyway just to confirm it. No, that's not your whole heart. That's bias. Yeah. And so we told you to do that. You did that. But also towards George, even if he's missing it, yeah. you need to clear your heart of that condemnation towards him and not have that bias. And so what ended up happening was George didn't see it for a year. For a whole year, he didn't see it. And then something happened. And because he submitted, the Holy Ghost opened his eyes, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden he saw it clearly and went, oh, my goodness, yeah. I would have moved us down there, and I was wrong. Yeah. And he came, he came to me, he apologized for even having the issue and thinking that I was wrong on it. I was like, yeah. no, you did, you did well because you humbled yourself. It's the antidote to deception. And it might have taken a little bit of time, but you eventually heard from the Lord. Yeah. And But that bias could have completely wrecked who you are, what your calling is, all yeah. of this stuff. And uh, that's those are areas where we really need to take a, a, a check yeah. on ourselves and let it be wholehearted, yeah. not because it's dangerous if we don't. Well, one of the things, like it, it took a, it took the year, but I and I believe the Lord's told me this since that period. I believe the reason it took so long is because I was so biased, and even point. even though Pastor told me to do this, and I I did it, I threw it away, and I I put it on the altar. I didn't put it anywhere. I I held on to it. Because I was so biased, it was my bias versus George's bias, and they were just butting heads. Great point. For, for months. Even months. though even though one of you was on God's right answer, sure. you still had bias sure. in the midst of it. And then I started forcing. So instead Great of trusting point. the Lord, I started forcing my own bias, trying to inject it here yeah. and there instead of just trusting God. And George, when I finally got to the place where I'm like, I'm done trying to make this happen, I, I can't control, it's not working. I can't yeah. control him, so I'm, I'm done. Lord, talk to him. It was weeks, maybe yeah. weeks. And George, George told me that we were going to stay, and then within a few months he heard that we were supposed to, that it was right to be here. But it took me, stop pushing. And you say this often. You know, it, it tells us in the Word that humility leads to greater grace. When you're humble and you allow the Lord to, to when you're humble in those moments, you're legally allowing the Lord to then inject his grace yes. into the situation. Yeah. Yeah. And I, for months, didn't allow that. So there was no grace of God to be able to properly speak to so either of us. E even though you had the right answer in the end, mm -hmm. your bias held back yeah. the the manifestation of his grace, mm -hmm. and which is a huge, and we've talked about that before, but... That's a huge point, and you can see where that bias is literally stopping God yeah. from being God in our lives. Yeah. So how big is this topic? You know how? I mean, it, it's not. Divorced. It's not. Yeah. It's yeah. not complicated, but it's big. And most people, when you start to talk to them about bias, they're like, "Oh no, I don't have bias. I heard from the Lord." It's like, 
that's bias. <laughs> what you just said is biased, and you don't even see it. You yeah. know, I can tell you, and Marky's got uh, an example or two, but um, I can tell you when I started learning about this, one of the things I saw was that so many people, and, th and this really got on my nerves, and it bugged, it bugged me, and it still bugs me because it's wrong, is that many, many, many people, many people, that are hungry for God, right? They're hungry for the Lord. And when they start hungering after the Lord, the Lord starts filling them. Yeah. Because our spiritual society level and atmosphere has been so subpar, so below average, yeah. anybody that just gets hungry, like they're, they, they're highlighted, you know, they stick out because the, the general location of the spiritual climate has been so low, they stick out. Yeah. And so what they're being is just a normal Christian that's hungering after the things of God. Every Christian, put that in the comments, every Christian should hunger greatly after the Lord. Every Christian should hunger greatly after the Lord. And what does that mean? When you hunger greatly, you're going to be filled greatly as well. That should be every believer, mm -hmm. not just a this fivefold ministry, yeah. you know, not just pastors. And but what happens is, as soon as somebody pops up out of that sub-average society, immediately our Christian society goes, "Oh, you must have a call on your life. You need to go to Bible school." And in America, we want to shoehorn everybody into being a pastor. And so what I found was everybody that went, you know, oh, now they feel special. Mm -hmm. And so pride's involved here. It turns into a bias. So they go to Bible school, which Bible school is not bad. You should go to Bible school even if you're not called to be in fivefold ministry. Yeah. You should understand because this is where life comes from, yeah. no matter what you're called to do or what your occupation is. That's why we have Impact University. And man, we got testimony after testimony that's coming out of people that aren't called to be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, yeah. but they're called. Uh, and somebody, y'all put somebody put the uh, in the control room. Put impactyou.org on there so they can click it, and we need to put it in the description as well. But that's why we have impact. And we have people that are learning how to pray for the sick. They're, yeah. being, they're being promoted in their job. That great and mighty things are happening because they know the word better. Not because they're a, a better person or skilled more at their job. They're skilled more in the word yeah. first. And that causes skill to happen in their job. But then somebody will go, they feel special because they've been recognized. They'll go to Bible school. They'll get a degree. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, you know, they'll say, well, if I don't, if I'm not an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, then I'm just not, I'm wasting my time. Right. You're not wasting your time. You're learning about this word. That's not what makes you special. What makes you special is the, is the price that Jesus paid for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's what makes you valuable. Now, after that price is paid, what makes you the most valuable and usable is that you are obedient to whatever God's told you to do. If that's going to be a lawyer, be a lawyer. If it's yeah. be a pastor, be a pastor. But I, when I started learning about this bias and I started seeing this, I started recognizing like, and I'm looking around America and I'm like, that guy's in the pulpit and he's pastoring a church, but he's not a pastor. Yeah. He's an evangelist. Yeah. You know, that guy is a prophet, but he's trying to be a pastor. 
This guy's trying to be a prophet, but he's a pastor. You know, he's a pastor, but he's supposed to be a prophet, or a prophet's supposed to be a, a pastor, or evangelist, or a teacher. You know, and they're all out of place, or they're not in fivefold ministry at all. They're just a believer that has a heart after God. But our society wanted to shoehorn everybody. And what I started seeing was there's no anointing to pastor, right. and they're operating in that office like they have an anointing, and all they're doing is weakening the whole church and endangering their lives and the lives of the sheep. It's like, and, and I truly believe this, and I, I wholeheartedly, I believe there are pastors that need to recognize this and literally shut your church down or hand it over to somebody else. I wholeheartedly believe that. Yep. You know, hand it to somebody who actually is a pastor. Yeah. Don't be afraid to do that. Get in your place because anything you do outside of the will of God, there's no profit. There's no reward for it. 1 Corinthians 13, 3, if you do these things without love and love is keeping my commandment, it profits you nothing, right? So it, this needs to happen. So how dangerous is it for now a bias of the people to push somebody to a place and then they grab a hold of a bias and say, oh, yeah, I'm a pastor. So when I recognize that, I started talking to pastors. I'll say, when was it that you knew that you were supposed to be a pastor? When was it that you were absolutely sure that this was supposed to happen? And they would start talking. And they would have no clue. Mm -hmm. They didn't even know why. They just, well, I just want to do good things for God. Good things for God is obedience, not go be a pastor. Mm -hmm. It could be be a pastor, but that's not an it's not a equates to yeah. right. That's not what what it is. A lot of times, what we need is people that know how to submit to a pastor, and then we will gain a huge momentum to get the great things of God done. But many times, when people get right to the place where two or more agree, they can now walk together, that person feels like they arrive, and in their bias, they go off and try to start a church. When they're actually called, the, all right, now we can agree. Now we can be in unity, and I can lean on you, and you can lean on me. Yeah. And right at that moment, they split because yeah. of a bias. And so this is a dangerous topic if we don't see it and understand to it. To not know it. To not know yeah. it. And and like you said, I didn't I've never really heard of it, you know. Had you heard of it before you got here or told on it? No, no? not not had, like this. Had y'all heard? I know Abigail, she grew up with it, but Marky, had you had not that was a new concept oh. to you and you yeah. have a story as well. Yeah. Um this is really important to me because I actually, I mean, one reason why I know the Lord wanted me to connect with Pastor Brian was because of this topic, because um, the Lord actually connected me with Pastor Brian while, sorry, I'm cold, <laughs> while I was in the middle of a bias. So um, <laughs> a very, a very prominent one. So I think the root of, I got myself in a situation and I can I didn't know this for years. I was only recently able to identify there was a, I had a bias with my dad. I had a bias that my dad was, um, even when he, so he had heard from, he had heard from the Lord, or just knew in the spirit that I wasn't supposed to date someone. And I thought my dad is, I was being familiar with him and I had a bias that he's just being my dad. And this isn't, uh, yes, God uses my dad, but this isn't one of those moments. This is just my dad being my dad. This is not him being a man of God. So I wasn't honoring him in that moment. I was under him. And I had a bias that 
Well, I know, and I was, I, it, this started when I was 16, and oh my gosh, if anyone is watching that is 16, like, I know there's this pressure of, I'm so old, I'm 16, like, I know everything, but oh my gosh, no, like, I'm 26 now, and I'm like, I, there's so much I need to know, but anyway, so I, I, I didn't listen to my dad when he's like, don't, don't date this person, because I was like, he's just, you know, he's being protective, like, you know how dads are, they're just super protective, and he he doesn't understand, so I went ahead and I started dating this person, well, to back up, I wanted to date this person, that was Tobias, so, Mm -hmm. um, yesterday I mentioned this, but um, people doing this, and I did this, so I prayed about it, because I'm like, of course I'm going to pray about it. Of course I'm going to ask God about this. God, do you want me to date this person? And, and instead of listening to spiritual authority, I'm like, well, I'm just going to get this directly from God. I don't, I don't need spiritual authority. So um, <laughs> I was like, God, I'm 16. God, God can tell me himself. I am, I am old enough to hear from God myself. I, you know, so, you know, so, and I was hearing nothing, like nothing. And mm-hmm. that's where, you know, yeah. when you give God your whole heart, like that was the, that, he didn't have my whole heart. So I was hearing nothing. Like I was, I had that bias that was blocking because he wanted to say no, but I wasn't <laughs> hearing it. I was hearing nothing. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to go ahead and act because I'm not hearing anything. And, you know, everyone just kind of dates to, you, you kind of figure it out as you go. So instead of waiting until I have direction, I'm going to start dating and then if there are red flags, then I'll stop dating this person. <laughs> Started dating them. And there were red flags. But the bias was also blocking that. The bias was yeah. blocking everything of, well, it's fine, making excuses for the red flags. So then yeah. it just got worse and worse and worse. And there were more red flags that I stopped, uh, stopped paying attention to. And then I was knee-deep into the relationship. And um, it went, I don't know how many, I think it was like seven years it's a really, really long time. Um, so then I met Pastor Brian at a, at a conference, and he asked me, like, are you dating someone? And I'm like, yeah, I am. And he's like, what's his name? I'm going to pray for him. And even when Pastor asked me that, I just thought, oh, he's being so nice. Like, he just wants to, he wants to bless the relationship. Like, he's just so nice. That's so nice of him. He did not yeah. want to bless the relationship. Like, there was nothing to bless with that relationship. He was, like, he, I think he, and he can explain it, but I think he had kind of a check on, I think she's, I think she's I in a relationship. I just sensed it needed some prayer. You sensed yeah. it needed some prayer. I <laughs> thought it was, oh, that's such, an, in a good way, you know? It that's was, not what I sensed. No, that's not what you sensed. Um, so then, um, so then the, what took me to get out of the relationship, um, I did it the hard way. (laughs) I did not do it. I did not do it the right way. I ended up hitting rock bottom in my life where the relationship started to, it, it, it went to a place that started to mess up like everything. Like it, it, it got very out of the will of God and I hit rock bottom, and I finally was like, okay, I have to, I have, I have to get rid of this relationship. Like, it's not like, you know what, I'm going to humble myself right now. Like, yeah. I, I'm not even saying in that moment that I, when I reached out, like, got to get, this has to stop. It wasn't even like a humble moment. It was just like a, I have to, right, you know. 
So anyway, so I, I did, and then I, I met, I remember talking to Pastor Brian about it afterwards, and he's like, yeah, I knew. And I was like, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me I should have broken up with this person? And he's like, well, you didn't ask. So that was my, that was my answer. But I mean, if he had told me, that wouldn't have, I probably would have been like, oh, that's weird, you know. Which but, is why I didn't tell you. Which is why you didn't tell me. So um, long story, but it, um, it's one, that one thought of, well, my dad's just my dad. In this yeah. moment, he's just my dad. He's not actually hearing from God. Me making that judgment and having that bias there toward my dad, who was my spiritual authority, especially at that time, um, I that directly led me down years of deception. Yeah. Years. And um, the, the Lord was very merciful and got me out of the situation. But mm-hmm. um, it, I definitely... I definitely learned not to do that in that situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, another area completely unrelated that I've had a lot of bias with is it's not really a story, but um, people pleasing. I have mm-hmm. thought that God's will basically always lines up with making people happy. <laughs> that's not. It's not true. Nope. So either so I'd make decisions based Jesus off of making. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't, yeah. and this is where the, the whole relationship between the, the bias and the pride is connected. So that's a pride mm-hmm. of me saying, I can make people happy. Jesus couldn't make everyone happy, but I can make everyone happy. <laughs> um, that's, not, that's not good. That's uh-uh. a pride right there. So um, I had this pride of everything, every, everything I do is going to make people happy, because making mm-hmm. people happy is loving. It's being nice and love, and and it's <laughs> pastor shaking his head. No. No. So and and it also affected my motivations. Yeah. So instead of doing things because I love the Lord, right. the root of it was doing things so people wouldn't be upset at me or people trying mm-hmm. to make people happy with me. Even with the Lord, I would do things to try to please the Lord, but not in a way of I love you, Lord, but in a way of. God, I don't want God to be mad at me, so I'm gonna make this decision. Yeah. Um, it, there, it was, it was out of love. Yeah. There was no love. I've outside done that. of love. Yeah. Yeah. Outside yeah. of love. Yeah. So you can see, and this is what I really wanted us to do today: is talk about these situations where bias was present and how dangerous it is, so that we can recognize that. Have you, as we've been talking, have you recognized some of your own areas of bias, and do you know? Not only yourself, who might need to go back and hear this again and again to you know be more aware when bias is present, but do you know somebody else that this could benefit? <laughs> who who wouldn't it benefit actually? When you understand how good God is, everything that He knows, and He wants to give us His great plans, but bias stands in the way. Who yeah. wouldn't that benefit? And uh, these are the things that we need. And then I saw a, it's kind of a joke where I, I don't know, Marky must have put it on there, but I see Hannah wrote, uh, Marky said, uh, if God told me to bungee jump, I might have a bias on that, which it's a joke and it's funny, but here's the thing. What if God did tell you to do that? What if you have a sincere fear of heights and God told you to jump out of a plane? Your bias could stop something that you are unaware of. And yeah. so we... That's why you deal with fear. You deal with bias. You don't leave things sitting there. So for me to say, well, I'll never do this or I'll never do that, I don't say that, you know. I don't don't say that stuff at all because I recognize that when I say absolutes that aren't written in this word, 
I'm setting up my own bias that I may have to fight later on. Yeah. And I'm also putting something in the path of God that he now has to correct. And how does he correct those things? He generally will make you face them. You know, well, I'll yeah. never bungee jump for the rest of my life. Really? Well, what if I told you to? Yeah. You know, and, and he'll say that needs correction. He disciplines those that he loves and I love you. So now I've got to deal with this specific thing because you're letting yeah. it, you're putting what you won't do be on the throne and I'm not on the throne. So he has to discipline it. So literally yeah. what do we find ourselves doing? The very thing that we said we wouldn't do. So don't even do that. Don't put those things in the path. Yeah. So. Well, there are ripple effects. Like yeah. our life impacts so many other lives yes. like we see immediately in front of us but our decisions impact so many other yeah. people and like we can't as you were talking what came up to me was there was one night i was leaving y'all's house it was per, it was later and almost midnight later and i was driving home and i felt the lord tell me to turn into cookout and i was like i i don't want to go into cookout it is almost midnight right now i yeah. want to go yeah. home and go to bed and but I believed it was a prompting from the Lord. So I turned in and I walked in and saw these three kids sitting there. Like they, they were in high school. I knew one of them started talking and led all three of them to recommit their wow. lives to the Lord. Yeah. And I'm sitting here thinking, what if the man you who led... Yeah. Who led Billy Graham to the Lord and yeah. had a bias of, I don't want to go talk to a child yeah. right now. I just want to stay where I am. Or they, they were in a, you know, an attorney's office when they were supposed to be preaching and they weren't preaching. Yeah. You know, like, like, I don't want to go bungee jump. What if yeah. you're supposed to lead the instructor to the yeah. Lord? Or eventually, if you follow Billy Graham's uh, trail of salvation, it eventually leads back to a shoe salesman. Yeah. What if he thought, well, I just got to be preaching. If I'm not preaching, I'm not successful. And he wasn't in the shoe shop that day. Yeah. You see what I mean? So we have to get rid of those biases. Or I'm in a bad mood. I don't want to talk yeah. to this family. Yeah. Like that can be a bias of yeah. I'm in a bad mood and I want to stay in my bad mood yeah. or I'm quiet and I want to stay quiet. I've had, I've had times where people, you know, left the church and they thought I was evil and everything. And uh, I'd see him out in public, and and you know what's the flesh want to do with somebody who doesn't like you? Ignore them. Ignore them. Get away from them and everything. And I'd hear. And if I would have kept that bias, then I wouldn't have seen restoration. Yeah. You know, um, you know, not too long ago, I I had a conversation with somebody, and they they that we had a complete restoration where they didn't like what I said to them. I was telling them truth, but they didn't like it. They thought they, and they recognized I was coming from my own fleshly place. And that's what they said to me. But here's the thing. They sent me a message. They wanted to talk. Well, last talk I had was not a good talk. Yeah. So I could say, I don't want to talk to that person, you know, that thing. Well, if I would have been biased, I would have never had the restoration that I have today. That, you know, same when people have left the church, I've been out in public and the Lord said, go and show them my love. Yeah. Go. Hug them, love them, show them. Even if they were wretched to me, you know, I've done that. Yeah. And watch the Lord restore. So if I would have had bias, there would have been no restoration. It wouldn't have been. And that, that restoration is a blessing, a big blessing in my life. I've had multiple restorations over the years yeah. because I was willing to put down those biases. It is such an important topic. Abby said this. Uh, this is one of my pastors in the past said this to me, it's always stuck with me, is absolutes are unbecoming on the lips of novices. Don't say you won't do something. Don't yep. say an absolute unless God said it about you. 
Yeah. And then um, Kevin says this. He said, I've been kicking against the goads with my biases. When he's talking about uh, where Jesus said to Paul, why are you kicking against the goads? In other words, you're, you're basically, you're trying to remove something and all you're doing is hurting yourself. Mm -hmm. And so with our biases, that's what we end up doing is we're wasting our time. We actually stop and uh, we stop the progress of the Lord's love manifesting in our lives. So, amen. He said that I feel like this teaching right now is the key to all righteousness. This is a big teaching and it will help you see what is right to do and walk out those right things. And then if we're walking in righteousness, God's not withholding any good thing. So it literally leads us to blessing. And uh, it's a huge, huge teaching. So we hope you've gotten a lot out of it. We're going to wrap it up today. We're way past time, but it's been good. So like the broadcast, share, subscribe, hit the bell. Hit the bell. Click on, amen. Thank you, Sound production team. room. That was awesome. Hit the bell. Get notified when we go live. All of this stuff really, really helps us yeah. and get the word out and help other people be blessed. Let's partner with the good news of Christ yeah. in this particular message, getting the bias out of our lives, recognizing it. And we hope that you've, if you have, I tell you what, if you see a particular bias that you've recognized over the last three days, go to whatsright.com and send us a little note about yeah. what you saw in yourself. You don't have to you don't have to condemn yourself in what you're saying, but share with us what did you see? How did it help open up your eyes? Mm -hmm. Share with us that testimony, and uh, we, we look forward to seeing that. We are here to serve you and to love on you and get this great stuff so that you can have the fullness of God's plan for your life that he has planned. Yeah. If you'd like to sow today, it's not going to be a long message on that, but you can go to giveww.org. Matter of fact, Kevin said only one testimony. Matter of fact, giveww.org, you can see all the ways to give, Facebook, Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, cryptocurrency, text to give, give one time or give recurringly on a regular basis, partner with us, partner with What's Right, partner with Boomerang to get this word out all over the world. That's what's happening right now. People are being helped Matter of fact, there's Pastor Feli from Gabon, Africa, and uh, man, I love him. I was telling, um, I was telling people recently when I prayed over him uh, for his ordination, it was one of the strongest times I've ever felt the Lord, and I felt the anointing shoot through me out my arm and go into him, and uh, that was the Lord. The Lord was in that meeting. It was awesome. Yeah, that was really cool too because I didn't know he was the one getting ordained. And I went to pray for people and I came to him and the Lord said, don't pray for him yet. And I skipped over. I didn't even know he was the one that was getting ordained that way. But God said, no, I'm holding that to the end. And that was the you know word of wisdom on what to do. But uh, it was awesome. Good to see you, Pastor Feli. If you would like to sow, if you'd like to partner with us, uh, pray for us, share the broadcast. If you would like to sow finances, the, the gospel needs to be financed. The gospel needs to be sown yeah. into. That is biblical. It's right to do. You can do that at givewww.org. And so right now, anybody who's giving, Lord, we just pray. Let every seed of partnership, Lord, let it be blessed. Pressed down, shaken together, running over in Jesus' name. Let your anointing overflow their lives. Let it be supernatural and supernaturally quick. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. Glory to God. We're so glad you joined with us today about recognizing bias. Share it with somebody. Watch the other, other messages from this week on bias. Look, Get the playlist and watch that. And uh, watch the three parts of man if you haven't seen that before. We love you so very much. Have a great day. Here's Abigail and Marky to wrap it up. Hey guys, if that ministered to you, make sure that you like this video and you can also share it on YouTube. There's a little arrow underneath the video that says share. If you click that, there will be a button that says copy link. Now you can copy that link. You can text it to someone. I could text it to you, you right can, now. I can text it sure to you can. Right now. Whoa. Or you can share it on Facebook or Twitter. And that's one super easy way that you can help us out here at the broadcast. Also on Facebook, there's just the little share button real quick. So we will see you guys again tomorrow at 1130. It's going to be a great day. Bye. Bye.